Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. On this week's episode, we will preview the football game between Michigan and Michigan State and assess what the Wolverines have to do to beat their in-state rivals in Ann Arbor for the first time since 2012. Basketball season is underway and we'll break down what we've learned from the start of the Jawan Howard era. But first, a few headlines from this week. Jim Harbaugh called it a cliche as soon as he said it, and for good reason. Throw out the records, he said, in advance of Michigan's football game against Michigan State on Saturday. It was a sentiment echoed by several Wolverines and one that will likely be repeated by those on both sides, plus outside observers, before kickoff. But is it true? Michigan hopes not. The Wolverines are 7-2 and this season, a top 15 team looking to stay hot against its in-state rival. Michigan State, on the other hand, has lost four in a row to fall to four and five on the year. Things are not going well in East Lansing. And so Michigan State will try to pull off the same feat it did the last time it visited Ann Arbor two years ago. Win despite entering with the worst record. This is rare, however. Over the past 10 Michigan-Michigan State matchups, the team with the better record going into the game has won six times and lost three. 2010, both teams had the same record. Throughout the records, not quite. And while we're on the subject of cliches, here's another. Hindsight is 2020. Looking at the team's records at the end of the year, you have to go all the way back to 2001 to find a season in which the school that won the head-to-head meeting ended up with fewer wins. In other words, the better team usually wins. In rivalry games, nothing else matters, Michigan captain Carlo Kemp said. Records, how good you've been in the past, how good you are today, it doesn't matter. While that may be the appropriate mindset for a player, it's not exactly true. Past performance is a good indicator of future results, and the Michigan-Michigan State game is no exception. Michigan State Week, as Andrew noted, and that means more talk about the rivalry for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Uh, For Jim Harbaugh and Michigan, it's been a mixed bag. Wolverines are 2-2 against Mark D'Antonio Spartans, uh, needing a 21-7 victory over MSU last year in East Lansing uh, to even the series, yet they seem to dominate off the field. Harbaugh and Michigan generally garner more headlines. Uh, They have had three top 10 recruiting classes over the last four years compared to zero for Michigan State, and they spend approximately 50% more per year in recruiting. Um, That's not even touching on each head coach's yearly compensation, with Harbaugh making $7.5 million per year compared to D'Antonio's $4.3 million. On Monday, Harbaugh was asked about D'Antonio, and he called him a, quote, master motivator, and he complimented his body of work as a head coach. And a fine head coach, Harbaugh also said. Yeah, on Saturday, both teams will take the field with an opportunity to secure a victory in the series. And finally, let's lay out some Big Ten championship scenarios. Yes, the Wolverines still do have a shot at representing the East in the Big Ten title game, but I would hold off on purchasing tickets for now if you're a Michigan fan. The Wolverines are currently tied with Indiana with a 4-2 and record in the conference, sitting two games behind Ohio State and one game behind Penn State. Each team has three games remaining, while the Buckeyes still have to face Michigan and Michigan State. Every scenario of the Wolverines winning the East begins with them winning out against Michigan State, Indiana, and Ohio State. Now, they would need Penn State to lose to OSU and lose to Indiana and or Rutgers. They also would need the Buckeyes to lose to Rutgers before they beat them in the final game of the regular season. Now, if Penn State beats OSU, the Lions would have to lose to Indiana and Rutgers, while Ohio State would also have to lose to Michigan. Either way, a Michigan division championship would require a monumental upset from Rutgers, which I don't think there is any chance of happening. Just how unlikely is it? Well, Ohio State is favored by 52 points against the Scarlet Knights on Saturday. For those stories and more, visit mlive.com slash Wolverines. 
Okay, so this is typically the part of the podcast where we talk about Michigan's most recent football game, but Michigan, of course, had a bye this week. I did have a couple of people ask me about that since it was the second bye of the season. You know, Michigan, the Michigan-Ohio State game has been after Thanksgiving for 10 years now. And since then, on the years where the season starts in August in the Big Ten, there are two buys. I mean, it's that simple. So this year it did. First Saturday of the season fell in August. So yeah, this is the second buy. So I guess my first question for you guys is, did we really learn anything about how Michigan spent its buy? Jim Harbaugh offered very little, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I think I asked one of the players at some point in one day. Harbaugh did mention, I think they practiced twice as a team. They did get, I think, a few days off to rest and recuperate. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff did hit the recruiting trail. Harbaugh was on the East Coast, I think, middle of the week. And by the end of the week, him and I think Josh Gass were out in California. So they were crisscrossing the country. It sounds like they got a little bit of everything in. In hearing Tarbaugh talk about the bye week this week, it sounds like they also got a day in with their families. So it was jam-packed, not necessarily so much with practice. I mean, there was a little preparation, obviously, for Michigan State. But you've got, you know, Michigan, by and large, is a relatively healthy team at the moment compared to where they were, I'd say, a month ago. Most of your guys are healthy and, and good. But, again, you, this is second bye week, which is a rarity, given the way the, the calendar fell. Michigan, it sounds like they used it to do a lot of stuff this week. Yeah, I mean, the players talked about watching games on Saturday. I know that was mentioned, so there was that that they were able to do. But, yeah, we don't know too much, but they had extra time. They have extra time to prepare for arrival. And with all the talk about trick plays and things like that, you know, that can't be a bad thing. Michigan State did play, and they lost to Illinois at home. The Spartans led by 25 at one point and by 21 entering the fourth quarter. But former Michigan quarterback Brandon Peters led the comeback and Michigan State, once 4-1, and one, is now 4-5. and five. The wheels are falling off in East Lansing. I don't know if I called it on this podcast last week or not. I know I told my friends this and everyone who would listen, but I really thought Illinois had a shot to win that game. I think they were, what, 17 or 18-point underdogs going in. I thought that was a good bet to take, given the way Illinois had been playing in recent weeks. They played well. They've beaten some good teams. Michigan State was coming off, I think, three straight losses at that point. Uh, They're banged up. Banged up, too. Yeah. Joe Bashi was out. out. It was a storm. Now, look, Michigan State went up big. I mean, it looked like they were going to run away with that game after that first half. I think they took a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, it it looked like it was a game the Spartans should have won. But Illinois, again, they've done a good job of making second-half adjustments. You saw it against Michigan a few weeks back. They did it against the Spartans, and you saw what happens. I mean, Lovey Smith, I think – I think it's safe to say at this point that, you know, Illinois is bull eligible and Lovey Smith has saved his job. There was talk after the loss to Michigan a few weeks back that his job was on the hot seat. You know, he was, they've struggled to win more than four games in a season. They've got six wins now and Illinois is feeling good about themselves. Michigan State, on the other hand, and obviously that's the whole point of this conversation. They're struggling. You know, they are missing a lot of guys. They can't seem to put it together. They're in about the worst situation possible going into a rivalry game on the road to Saturday in Arbor. So the question is, can Michigan State give Michigan a game? I mean, it's been a sort of weird series where, you know, the road team has won now several years in a row. Kind of talked about with debunking the the cliche, the myth a little bit about, you know, throw the records out. That's not entirely true. But, you know, there have been some instances of of the underdog, you know, winning this game. Yeah, I I don't know. Do you you see it happening at all? I mean, I don't want to give away too much and before our prediction video coming out this week, but I, I just I don't think it will be close. I mean, I just think if you look on paper, Michigan has the advantage on at nearly every position. I mean, they're playing well. Uh, they have a lot more to play for at this point in the season. Everything Michigan State's gone through this year, it's just, I mean, yeah, you can always rally for a big game and, and whatnot, but I just don't think there's enough there 
for them to come into Ann Arbor in the cold conditions and, and pull off an upset. But Yeah, I mean, just to play devil's advocate a little bit with your comment that Michigan has more to play for, I don't know. Michigan State, uh, Embry Thomas, defensive back for Michigan, said on Monday that this will be the Super Bowl for Michigan State. We didn't get a chance to, to follow oh, up with him to see if he meant, you know, because of Michigan State's record this season, like, okay, they're really not going anywhere, but here's their one chance for a big game, or if he feels that it's their Super Bowl every year when they play Michigan. Regardless, there is that thought of that this is a way for Michigan State to, you know, save its season, much like, you know, Michigan has had in, in some years where it plays Ohio State at the end of the year. Here's a chance where we're not going to a major bowl or, or whatever to try to, you know, spoil another team's season and, and just beat our arch rival. Because there's no doubt Michigan is Michigan State's arch rival. And this would be a chance to, yeah, in a season where not much else is going well to earn that signature victory. I just find it hard to envision Michigan State scoring much on Saturday. I'm going over their, their schedule right now. They've scored a combined 17 points against their three ranked opponents this season, two of which were on the road. They can't put, seem to put it together against good caliber defenses. Mm-hmm. And Michigan is one of those at this point. I mean, they're not what they were last year, but they're still, I think, their top 10 in total defense and yards allowed this season. They've done a good job. Michigan has done a good job in recent weeks of stopping the run. I just can't see Michigan State putting many points on the board. So given that and given Michigan that Michigan's offense it seems to have turned the corner here, I'm in with Ryan. I don't I don't see this game being relatively close. It could be, but I, I don't see I don't envision Michigan State winning this football game. Michigan's gonna win it. I think it's gonna be handily. Could it be close? Yes, given the rivalry aspect, but this is a game Michigan should and will win. I mean, I will say this that uh, Michigan State offense did take a step forward last week. I mean, they did put up over 500 yards against Illinois. It was Illinois. It, it was Illinois. Yes, that's true. But, I mean, even if Michigan State does score, I want 21 points, I don't think their defense is good enough without Bocce to hold Michigan under 21 points as well and pull off. Either way, mm-hmm. like if, they, if they do a little bit on this side of the ball, I don't think they'll be able to do enough on the other side of the ball too and combine those two and, and play a complete game and win on the road. Yeah, and uh, you know we have we, we got a lot of snow here in Ann Arbor for those uh, listeners you know outside of the area on Monday into early Tuesday. But I'm, I'm bringing up the, the forecast you know up to the minute here. I'm not seeing much precipitation. Uh, the next few days and, and Saturday, it's showing a cold day. The high cool. is 30, but, you know, just 10% chance of, of any sort of precipitation. I know, and I don't know, it's not showing any particularly strong winds or things like that. I know that it's come up in this game in, in recent history, yeah. including the last time they played at Michigan Stadium in sort of a monsoon. So, yeah, for coverage of Michigan State, by the way, you should mention, of course, to go to MLive.com slash Spartans, beat writer Matt Wenzel and, and Kyle Austin as well, you know, sort of all over that program and there's a lot of, going on what's, there too. what's what's leading into this week so what well, last thing i will say on the matchup is i mean i think if there is a chance msu wins it would be because they win the turnover margin by like an insane like mission turns the ball over four or five times and, and msu is completely clean in, mm-hmm. in that area then hey maybe you know they can capitalize on uh, on a few short fields and, and win but that to me is the only way that uh, that they pull off this game and Michigan this is kind of a bit, hasn't this hasn't been brought up much but Michigan's done a very good job of holding on the football in recent games I think they get zero turnovers in the last 10 11 quarters they, I mean they did fumble the football a couple times but they they've been able to hold on to it a departure from what what was going on at the beginning of the year so for them to I think turn the ball over a bunch against Michigan State would to me would be a surprise but you're right, that would be one way where I think Michigan State will be able to keep it close or potentially pull an upset. I just I have a hard time envisioning this. I, and the line continues to go up in Vegas. I think it started the week at 12. It's at like 13 or 14 points now. Mm-hmm. 
and for rivalry game of this magnitude, that's that's pretty big. Yeah, I want to talk about point spreads. Uh, Ohio State, 52-point favorite over Rutgers. <laughs> so the, those scenarios that Ryan laid out as far as Michigan get to the Big Ten championship, it ain't going to happen. It requires Rutgers beating, you know, one of those elite teams in the, in the league. And Never say never. Never, never say never. never. I just don't think that that's going to happen. But, yeah, Michigan gets Michigan State this week. Uh, yeah, Ryan, I think, was the first to say it on, on our last podcast that he thought that game was the easiest for Michigan of their final three Nothing that happened uh, last Saturday, I don't think, would, would change your mind about that. Uh, Indiana's in the top 25 now. I, I, am, I am curious to see how Indiana – they played Penn State on Saturday, yeah. I think, at Penn State. I don't think Indiana's going to win, but I, I'm curious to see how they handle that game and play, if they can keep it relatively close. I think Michigan will be in for a tough one next week. Uh, we were talking play. a little bit about Michigan scenarios winning the Big Ten. Indiana has a chance, though, too. I mean, crazy scenarios have to happen for them to win, too. They're currently 4-2 and two in the conference, but – I yeah, they're having a really good season. Yeah. yeah, they're in the mix. And then, of course, after that, Michigan will close the season with Ohio State. Basketball season is underway. Michigan is 1-0. and They were cruising early against Appalachian yeah, State what the heck in happened? their opener. <laughs> they, they got it up to 30 in yeah, the second half. I, I turned it off when it was 30. And I, did, I was uh, packing for Chicago and... I checked Twitter afterwards, and this everyone's like, oh, my God, they almost blew the game. I'm like, no, there's no way this has happened. I, I read more into it, and I'm like, what? What? How is that even possible against Appalachian State? Well, you play – I guess here's the thing. If you want to play fast, as Michigan wants to do, you know, if there's more possessions, you allow a team to potentially, you know, come back. Now, a 30-point lead should be safe, you know, yeah. no matter what. And it ultimately was. It was. They won. Right. Okay. Honestly, it wasn't the pace so much as the turnovers. I did go back and, and rewatch the game, you know, particularly focusing on the drought. And yeah, it was just they didn't get a, a shot up very often. They were just a lot of turnovers. And point guard Xavier Simpson was responsible for several of those. Maybe it was just a, an off game for him, but it is true that he's adjusting to a new offense. I mean, they all are, but the point guard's the one with the ball in his hands, directing traffic out there. I don't think that should be overlooked. That. There's sort of a lot on his plate to learn. And yeah, it could be an adjustment. I don't think Michigan will, this will be something that'll be familiar, I think, I guess, to Michigan fans, you know, from the John Beeline era, you know, expect the team to get better as the season goes, because I, I do think it will be, there will be rough patches early. But like when they were playing well, like in, in the first half and when they got up to the, what, what was the biggest takeaways from you when they were on their game? Yeah, they were getting stops and they were turning that defense into offense. You know, a lot of fast break points or if not true fast breaks, you know, in the in the box score, sort of those secondary breaks where you get a good clean look early in the shot clock. So, yeah, they look exactly probably how Jawan Howard wants them to look, getting stops and then pushing the pace. So, yeah, they did stop. They didn't get as many stops during that poor stretch offensively, but, yeah, they also just were turning it over so much. That was really the, the biggest thing. But, yeah. They host Creighton uh, on Tuesday night, tonight. Creighton is not ranked, receiving just one vote in their most recent AP Top 25 poll, but that's one more vote than Michigan. So th- this is a Big East team, you know, with NCAA tournament aspirations. Like, it's it's a good early season test. You know, it's a step up from Appalachian State for sure. And, uh, you know, at home, it's one you really want to get because, I mean, right now, you know, you look at the game at Louisville in early December, that's a team ranked in the top five, like, that's going to be one that's really tough to get. Their games in the Bahamas. I mean, they open with Iowa State, which is a good team, and 
who knows who they'd get after that. North Carolina, Gonzaga is, is in that field, Oregon, Seton Hall, who knows how it'll fall, but it's important to get these at home, you know, to sort of build your resume so you don't have to be just so good in the Big Ten. I was just going to say, uh, you mentioned it, but like I think once we get closer to the tournament time, mm-hmm. when the committee's looking at the resumes and things, this is a, win, a game I think you need to have or you need to play competitive and, and play well in. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I think this, whether they win or not, I don't know, but you know, this is a game they need to show well and, and, and get, you know. Yeah. So what I've learned, you know, I've seen in the in the actual game and the exhibition heard from the scrimmage and from practices leading up to it. I think it's fair to say like Franz Wagner will be key to this team. It's a little if you're a Michigan fan, a little unnerving to think about what this team would be like if he didn't choose to come to Michigan or if, you know, he had an injury that kept him out for the whole season. He's hurt right now with the you know broken wrist, but he's expected to be back in a few weeks. Potential starting five, you know, that he's a part of. It just looks it looks a lot better, and he, he can give Michigan a lot. You know, he, he's sort of a missing piece for them right now. So I, I do feel it's almost unfair some of the pressure that might be put on him, depending on how Michigan's looking. You know, before he comes back, but he's going to be a key addition to them. Yeah, I mean, not sure. only are you are you going to be playing your first few college games, but you're going to be doing it coming back from an injury as well. Right. I mean, that can't be easy to do. Right. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. And then last thing I'll mention is is recruiting the. Early signing period does begin on Wednesday. You know, it's a week-long period where, you know, players in that 2020 class who will be freshmen next season can choose to sign. If they don't do it now, then it's not till I believe, April is when it comes up again. And uh, remember, you know, Jawan Howard's uh, gaffe last week when he mentioned three recruits by name. One of them, Moses Moody, has since committed elsewhere. Another announcing his decision today, and the experts do not believe he will choose Michigan. We'll see. That would be Namari Burnett, five-star guard, but he does have Michigan among his finalists. You know, Jawan said his fingers are crossed that they will get letters of intent this week, you know, during this early signing period, most likely, I guess, would be from one of one of the two players that have already committed to Michigan. Mm-hmm. But if not them, then maybe, yeah, one of these, you know, other players that Michigan is, you know, in the running for, as, as Jawan said last week. So we'll see. You know, he was there was no secret that he was playing catch up based on when he was hired. You know, people start recruiting these players sometimes. You know, freshman year, sophomore year. Right. By the time they're they're in this position, they've already established some relationships. So he had to, he had to play catch up and seemed to work with Isaiah Todd at least securing that commitment. But we'll see if he can sign any any players in this early period. That's the latest for for Michigan basketball. Again, Michigan, Michigan State on the football field, noon kickoff on Fox. If you're going to be watching at home in the warmth of your <laughs> living room. But we'll be there and expect some more coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening. This is ACAST Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. What's going on, everybody? This is Chops from the Load Management Podcast, the premier podcast for all sports content that brings you stories deeper than just the box scores. And when you listen to us, you're going to hear conversations you can't get anywhere else when we have guests on like Alan Iverson, Christian Yelch, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Brown, and Deontay Wilder talking about sports through a complex sports lens. Yes, every single Tuesday, new episodes of the Load Management Podcast, hot takes, deep dives, and stories from your favorite athletes that you've never heard before. This is the premier podcast for your listening pleasure load management every tuesday new episode check us out Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the u.s and around the world subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts